Welcome back to a little bit of Synergy Season 4 episode. Who cares? It's our 100th episode. <laughs> it's so shit, isn't it? <laughs> Number 100, and we're going back to make, because it's only fitting, with my very first guest, Amy Rosado Novak. Kova? What are we going by? So, in Slovakia... The OVA is like how you, if you're female, it's how you present. It's like Miss mm-hmm. or Mrs. So the men in the house are Novak. The women are Novakova. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to have you here, Amy. It, it's uh, it's definitely an honor having you back. It's not, like I said, it's only fitting. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Sam is missed. He's not here with us tonight. Uh, he, he had some uh, pressing issues that didn't allow him to be here. But, you know, we're here. Tell me what's new, Amy. I turned 50 this year. Mm. <laughs> Congrats. Congratulations. Yeah, no, it's huge half a century so uh big life change i think it makes you evaluate what the next 50 are going to look like Mm -hmm. what the last 50 taught you what lessons you learned what lessons you didn't learn what do you want to take what do you want to scrap and then how do you want to move forward with the next 50 Okay. Well, what do you have? Uh, have you made any modifications to the next to the agenda immediately? I think there's something about turning fifty that just kind of begs the question: Why do I worry so much? Why do I care so much? Why do I? waste time you know when you're 20 years old you have time to waste you spend your time with friends and people that don't really serve you that don't really heal you or help you but you don't care because you have energy to burn then you turn 30 and you kind of quit caring what people think but you still feel that need for belonging and community and then I think your 40s you're so focused on your family and your uh, paying your bills And then I think 50 was just really liberating. Just like none of it even matters in a real sense. I think you start to live a lot more intentionally, like stupid things, like not even, it's not even about goals and retirement and all that crap, but it's like, okay, when I walk out my door today, how can I be the best version of myself? How can I walk out? And not only not cause harm to others, but how can I, how can I change the world, you know, one ripple at a time? How can I be nice to the neighbor whose dog barks all night long? Do I go up to the neighbor and say, hey, your dog sucks. It woke me up at 5 a.m. Or do I go to that neighbor and say, hey, your dog's barking more than usual. What's going on? Like, how's life treating you? Can I help you? Mm-hmm. I think caring more about the planet and caring more about 
other people and the fact that there's no, there's no time to waste and there's no time to lose. You know, I walk in, uh, we walked in a breakfast place the other day and I saw this beautiful little girl walk up to this other little girl and they just instantly became friends. Mm. I watch senior citizens walk in a grocery store and greet each other. And I'm like, what is happening between preschool and the nursing home? Why aren't we doing that to other people? Mm. Yeah. Good question. It's a good question. You know, it's, it, it begs the question to us individually, you know. You said the best version of ourselves. Being that change that you want in your in your sphere, it, it all starts with your with your sphere, you know, and and the the ripple, the butterfly effect. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm right there. I'm... But I'm like, why aren't they teaching that in school? Like you know, why aren't we teaching crazy things like life skills? And I just recently took a financial class, which I made my, I have a teenager mm -hmm. and I made her go with me because I'm like, I would spend a hundred dollars a night at a bar on a bar tab. Mm -hmm. If I had invested that same money, I would have been a millionaire by the time I was 45 years old. Yeah but no one taught me how to do that. So it's like, okay, how do I, you know, that's my 14 year old. Somebody was like, well, your kid was on the computer half the time while she was in the class doing her homework. I said, listen, if she only got two nuggets of wisdom from that class, she's further ahead than I am. So in all aspects, like you're saying, in all of our spheres, financially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, like how are we gaining the knowledge and wisdom instead of just wasting our time being consumers. And I mean that, you know, emotionally consuming, being around people who aren't good for us, mm -hmm. um, physically eating and, 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 you know, I'm guilty of it. I love Dr. Pepper. I'm trying to work on it. It's really hard, <laughs> but I know it's not good for my body, but at the same time, it's like, okay, how do I just live life so intentionally that I set myself up for success. Now I can't change the past. I can't regret what I did. I had a really good time in my twenties, but at the same time, it's like, and part of my thirties, but it's like, okay, well I have 50 more years. And I think that's part of it is we, we still feel 25 on the inside and we look in the mirror and like, yeah, but we're, it's, it's almost over. We're already 50 or we're already 60. Like it's, we're pretty much done. And it's like, no, man, you've got 50 more years. That's a long time. Yeah. What are you going to do? I think it was that, was that Mary Oliver, the poetess who died not too long ago during COVID, you know, I was like, what are you doing with this one, this one life that you have? I don't have it all figured out. I don't know what the next 50 look like, but I know when I walk out my door, I'm like, what does today look like? Uh, you know, I really like the, I don't agree a lot with, uh, a lot of alcoholic anonymous. Cause I think speaking that over yourself all the time, I am an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. I'm right. an alcoholic. You're like, you're perpetuating the cycle. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think there's something to that whole, just man, just take it one day at a time. Like what are the next 24 hours look like to me? 
So enlighten me. What have you been, what's this year been like for you? What is the last 100 episodes? What have you gleaned from what you've been doing? Can you repeat that? It just cut out a little bit. Oh, sorry. So, so what has the last year been like for you? What has the last 100 episodes taught you? Like where, where are you at? Wow. Uh, amazing. Uh, everything that, the culmination of it all is, is it, it bowls me over. I, I can't believe I'm still doing this. I really can't. Um, it's become hit or miss, you know, but, you know, other, and, and I've been very consumed with, lately I've been very consumed with just uh, life. Uh, you, you talk about doing it one day at a time. It's minute to minute. It's all one long day for me, you know. I, I, my sleep is catch as catch can. I, um, and I'm just going and going. I, I changed uh, careers, career paths since we spoke last. Oh. Yeah, I'm not with uh, Apple anymore. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an HVAC service technician right now. Okay, that's a big, that's a big leap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm making more money than I, I was with okay. Apple. I'm okay. happier. I'm I'm more content. I'm I, I I'm getting my fix, um, technically and uh, mechanically, and and just stuff I, I I wasn't getting just sitting here. Even though they had me in management, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that was good. I, I I was climbing the ladder. I was on a on a uh, career path, I guess you'd say, but. I was just decaying my everything, my spirit. Well, I mean, I that was when I started Synergy. You know that I I was so desperate for a for an out that I I released an album. Um, wow. Yeah, I I'm about to release a second album. Um, I I did some side projects with some other uh, creatives. Uh, over the past few years uh, met some phenomenal people you know just just really dive deep over and over and, and just shared so many perspectives so many different souls um uh, and, and it's just great you know because i get to reach um these are all this is my spheres you know right. and and this is how this is a documentary. This whole thing is a documentary. Uh, if if I if whether I make another hundred episodes or whether this is it, it, it makes no difference. This is landmark. You know, I'm I'm really proud. Of, and again, I'm very happy that you're here, Amy. Um, it's very cool. But um, what have I learned? Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm just I'm just me. I'm just a simple. Some phenomenal things just thanks to meta, current metaverse technology as it is, you know. Because I, I got to, I got to, oh wow, it, I don't know. I, I could go on and on about all the, the great people I've met, the great conversations. And, and, and I listen to this, I'm a fan of the show. I spent a lot of time in, in my vehicle traveling between 
place to place and and I listen to old episodes, you know, and 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 I'm like, you know, I, I gain from it. And well, that's what you said. You know, you, you have a charted growth. Like you can, yeah, you can go back and listen and be like, wow, that situation or how I thought about that or how my creativity was doing at that time. Like you have a you have a timeline for yourself. Like you, you have a recorded like a photo album you basically you know like when we grew up you had photo albums mm-hmm. you have that recorded uh all those tracks where you can go back and and really chart and mark your growth and that's most people don't have that mm-hmm. it was very accidental you know a lot. it it all began going back it, it was just me and sam uh, two two homeboys known each other for over 30 years pretty much living parallel lives you know going lost touch for a while and then uh, we got catch back up and then we we're like you know I, I really think we need to have this <clears throat> preserved somehow this conversation we've been having for decades that just keeps going and going and going um, so yeah that, that's how it began I saw somebody at a wedding and he, he, this was years ago. It was probably about 10 years ago. And he said, yeah, he said, I've, I've started reaching out to people in my life that in my past were really good friends. And he said, I'm, I'm, you know, as I age, he said, as I, as I have life experience, I'm, I'm going back and I'm almost like cherry picking the people mm-hmm. that were so remarkable and, and really kind of classic and timeless that their friendship, not just, you know, trauma buddies not just party buddies like people that were really pivotal and going back you know some people say well that person was there for a season of my life that was 20 years ago I don't want to you know that time's moved on I don't want to reconnect with them and it's like you know that's what was it Socrates or Aristotle I forget you know the the mark of a true soulmate is someone that you can speak to and it's like no time has ever passed Mm. So finding those people that um, help you cultivate the type of life that, you know, creatively, energetically, mentally, physically, spiritually, that you are also, you know, pe- I guess maybe on your same wavelength or on your same vibe. And, you know, it could be someone, like you said, you and Sam leading parallel lives. It could be someone who, you know, totally different sphere of everything in their life, but there's something about their heart mm. and something about their energy and their creativity that it's like, no matter if you're, no matter what you're doing occupation wise, no matter what you're doing family wise, no matter what you're doing travel wise, like whoever you are, you know, there's those people that you go back and you recollect. Cause it's like, man, those, those are the type of friends as you go into the next phase of life that it's like, I want those people on the mothership. Yes, I like that. You know, as we get older, friendships, you know, you have family. I, you know, I happen to be married and have a, a kid. And it's like, I don't have time to go out. You know, I'm not 20 years old, actively going out, seeking more friends, trying to. I don't need people to fill my time with because I, I have priorities and I have people in my life that I have my own sphere. Right. So. So I think you get picky as you get older. It's like who you can be kind. Like, that's what I've learned teaching senior citizens you can be kind and loving to every person that you meet you can have your cup over 
flow so that you spill onto others. You can be blessed to be a blessing, but the people that you let inside your heart, the people that you let uh, become almost like family, those people, that's like, instead of just mining, I I was always mining fool's gold in my twenties, spending time with people that if I called at 3 a.m. because my tire's flat, they'd hang up the phone. (laughs) But they were the first ones to call me to party. So it's like, I'm looking for people, kind of ride or die people at this point. I'm looking for people that are are jewels, that are precious gems. And it's like, okay, those are the people that are going to be, yeah, on the mothership for the next 50 years. Like those are the kind of people. And I think you find like with Sam, people say, well, I've been friends with this person for 20 years or 30 years. There's no more to learn from them. You know, we've already gone down the road. Our friendship kind of burned out. And I think that's why a lot of people dating or married kind of, I don't want to be married anymore. I don't love this person anymore. I don't like this job anymore. I'm not saying every job, I'm not saying jobs don't come to an end, but I'm just saying like, I think we're very quick with, we have a hard time with commitment these days. I think society you know, just says next, you know, it's instant gratification. And it's like, okay, what can I do? I'm bored with this friendship. It's been 20 years. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, man, you haven't even scratched the surface. Yes. 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 You remember the old, uh, I don't know. The first thing that pops in my head is the old song that, that we learned in Bible school, make new friends to keep the old. Yeah. One is silver and the other is gold. I know it's cheap. Yes. No, but it's true. <laughs> but it's and, you know, true. I'm like, why didn't I know this in my 20s? Like, why was I, you know, I remember, I'm just going to get really real. I, I'll just be really real. I ended up dating a guy. I'd gone home with someone that I had met at a bar. And come to find out he, I didn't know this at the time, come to find out he was separated. We make plans to go on another date. At this time, I know he's separated. Mm-hmm. I was in a a pretty downward spiral. I'm 20-something years old. Parents are getting divorced. My life's falling apart. I'm pretty much at the bottom of the pool, right? I'm at the bottom of the deep end. I'm pretty much rock bottom at this point, going out all the time, partying. And I had this one friend who looked at me and said, what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm 23 years old. Like, YOLO, you know, whatever. They're separated, you know? And I had one friend who was like, I'm willing to risk our friendship to tell you that you're going to, you don't want to do this. You don't need to do this. You shouldn't do this. You know, she said it with loving kindness. And then Mm -hmm. all my party buddies were like, who cares? Like you only live once. Like, forget that. Who cares what the circumstances, blah, blah, blah. Do do what feels good. Do what you like. Do what, you know, that one friend that I was going to be best friends for the rest of my life. I don't speak to her the friend who told me the truth and said, Hey, what you're doing is wrong. That person has another person and you don't know if they're going to get back together, but they have a, they have a relationship. Like you're getting in the middle of something, you know, and I was totally single. Like to me, you know, married people should have single friends. Like it was no, you know, I had, I had absolutely no clue. Right. So the one friend told me the truth and she risked our friendship to do that. I don't talk to that other girl who told me to do whatever I felt like was great or whatever I wanted to, but I, I've reconnected with that friend and we're still friends. Yeah. 30 years later. And it's like, man, that's who I want in my life. I want a person in my life who will tell me when I'm screwing up, 
who will tell me the truth. I don't need to hear what I I think I want to hear. I don't need someone to tell me what they think I want to hear. I need truth in my life. I need, need honesty and I need loyalty. And the rest of it, I, I don't have time for. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and those are three qualities that I would devote and devote or, uh, and do yeah. into my relationships. I do. Particularly loyalty. Yes. Big on that one. I'm not, I don't mean that about jobs. Like, you know, I heard that you just, you totally shifted your life, but here's what I, I don't get the sense that you weren't committed to Apple. I don't get the sense that you weren't willing to ride it out. But what I'm seeing is the fruit. And what I'm hearing you say is, man, I let go of that job. I switched jobs and I'm creating more. I'm happier. I Mm -hmm. found you sound freer. And so I don't, I don't think every marriage or every job or every relationship, or I think some things do have an expiration date, Mm -hmm. Yes, but I think we need to be aware that just because fruit is a week old or two weeks old, doesn't mean it doesn't still have flavor and doesn't mean it's not still for us. But I think, I think, especially with a job, you know, and I mean, you said you saw yourself basically diminishing, like you mm-hmm. saw yourself unhappy. So what did your family think about? That's a pretty big life change. What did what now? It, what, did, what, did, what did your family think about your career change? Um, well, it happened so fast. Um, I was, I literally had the new job in, in three days. My best friend was like, hey, wow. come, come work with me. Fall back on the trade that you had. I had six seven years in already okay it was a step up into a senior position i'm no longer in the front and doing the um the installation Uh work and again my i have total respect for for all of my yeah waited to service which means you call me when when it doesn't heat or it doesn't cool and I try to fix it and usually can, usually can. I'm, I'm batting about 85%, you know, but yes, uh, much more fulfilled, much, much in motion, in motion is the thing, you know, I, I've, I've lost 15 pounds. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was just nothing but sedentary okay. excess, un- unnecessary. You know, it was it was time to to uh, spring forward and just erupt. And so you know, all of a sudden, I'm in this season of growth again, <clears throat> out of nowhere. You know, just circumstances beyond my control. All coming together synchronously and you know as as such is the way way it all would everything falls into place and uh and you find yourself where you were meant to be i think that's part of what experience does it teaches that's what i meant by worry i think you know i just see this picture of like when you're young you're always uh in your 20s you're sitting on the 
afloat, hanging out in the pool with your beer or your joint or whatever it is you're doing in your thirties, you know, you're trying to swim the laps, you know, in your forties, you, I think you're not trying to get somewhere. You're just enjoying the water. And in your fifties, you kind of go back to that floating. What I mean by that is you stop worrying. It's like, I don't care when people ask me what I do anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to, I'm no longer trying to please society. I'm trying to please myself and my family. Okay. So I, I recently took a job. I teach water uh, aerobics to senior citizens and, you know, I have family members. So like, you need to get a full-time job and you need to do this. You're working at four different facilities. You're, you're running all over the place. And it's like, you know what, For the, I could go back and be a school teacher. First of all, I had a six-year-old turnover desk. So I'm like, I'm pretty much done with that. Mm. Um, but I was like, you know, for the first time in a really long time, I'm happy. Now, do I wish it paid more money? Yes. But at this point, I don't even, I'm not so concerned about, I mean, I have an iPhone 7 and I don't care as long as it, it still answers. You know, I always wanted to live in the city and I always wanted to have all the things. And now I'm like, I think you just start to value what's important. You really get down to the nitty gritty of life and you get down, you know, what's important is your health. I don't need a Mercedes. I need to be healthy. Uh, I don't need to wear Lululemon clothes. I need to be happy. I don't need for my children. I'm not one of those parents. Some people need that. They need their children to play 87 sports and be the best at this club and that thing. I just need my child to wake up and, and know that she's loved. Yes. And that to me is success. Success is having insurance, medical insurance. For me, that's success. Yeah. Not not driving a Bentley, not keeping up with Beyonce, not having a Mercedes, mm-hmm. not being a size, whatever the world's telling me to be, like really being happy in my own skin. And I I think I was kind of happy in my own skin earlier. And that's what I think we miss out from like teenagehood until 50. I think we really don't teach people. Um, I think instead of in school, you know, geometry, I'm sure is very important. I'm sure trigonometry is very important and algebra and chemistry and all those things. But I'm like, we need to be teaching kids and people how to be happy within themselves. You know, I've walked through addiction with other, with friends and I, I'm like, you know, the drugs, the drinking, the whatever it was, that was a symptom. Mm-hmm. What are we doing to fix the root cause? I live in a city where they have clean needle uh, stations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they don't need clean needle stations. They need therapy. I need to know why this girl is so wounded that to her smoking crystal meth and being high for 20 minutes what is the pain she's trying to numb and how can we help her with that? Cause if we help her with that, the crystal meth will, she won't need the crystal meth. You know, I live in a big city and I see people, you know, freebasing on the corner. <laughs> You're in traffic. There's a cop station two miles from you. 
Like you're at that point in your life where you don't even care. Yeah. That's what we need to be doing is teaching kids in school identity and who they are and how to be happy and how to be healthy, not because trauma is a part of life. You know, Oprah Winfrey's like, everybody's had a bad childhood. Like, you know, at this point, everybody's had trauma. Everybody has had something go on in their life. It's just society. And so how do we, instead of band-aiding it, how do we help that and heal that? And it's like, okay, well, I'm not a legislator and I'm not, but again, it goes back. How can I love that neighbor who's fighting with their partner? The dogs are picking up on the bad energy and the dogs are barking. So maybe just me knocking on the door and saying, Hey, like, how can I help you? Like, what can I do? Like, you know, I think it, like you said, it's that ripple. It's that butterfly effect. We have to start really small because I I think if we don't, I really, you know, people tell me that all the time. Like how, how, how did you think it was a good idea to have kids in society right now? I have friends that are like, we've chosen not to have kids because this world is so screwed up. And I'm like, I get that. It's always been screwed up. We just have the internet now. So now we just, we see it live instead of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, light is what actually destroys darkness. And so how can I change the world? Well, I can raise a human being who's strong in herself who's happy and healthy and hopefully she'll end up with someone who's done the work themselves. They'll be happy and healthy and they'll spawn more children. who'll be happy and healthy. And eventually if enough people keep doing that, it's like, I grew, you know, growing up Catholic, not anymore, but you know, we'd go to those Christmas Eve and they would take the candle and it'd be a dark room. And that light would go, you'd light a candle and they'd pass that light around. That sounds simple. It sounds a little kumbaya. But nothing else that the government has come up with or society has worked so far. TikTok isn't solving the problem. Um, The political parties aren't solving the problem. So, Anthony, I think it's up to us. Like, how are you going to solve the problem? Take your little light out (laughs) (laughs) and light your neighbor's candle. (laughs) Maybe that's too easy. I'm sure I need to go back and listen to some more of your podcast because other people have probably told you the exact beautiful, scientific, glorious definition that would change the world. But mine's just kind of simple. No, we don't always reach for the highest of heights like we're doing right now, you know. But that's cool, you know. I'm I'm all about, you know, and just improving this and um sharing that oh, and your and your perspective is very fresh you know so yes um leftover from catholicism i, I feel a lot of the of what you're saying right there about um but metaphysically i feel it too you know you know you're yeah. talking about uh, transmitting infectious energy of your own which Mm -hmm. but you've got to have it you know you've got to have it in order to spread it otherwise you know what 
what are you uh what are you transmitting i guess well i think that's part of it is that you know especially growing up in the south too there's um i visited over thanksgiving and the whole thing is like as i said to my mom i said you know i did not realize how um people aren't allowed to have boundaries like i remember saying something to someone and they were like oh but we can do this and i was like no i'm good and they're like but but i they kept pressing the issue and I'm not saying people aren't people everywhere. That's not what I'm saying. But I think I always thought of the South as a really passive aggressive place, but I'm like, actually, I think it's more, there's a lack of boundaries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's something we need to teach to children, because if you had those boundaries, if I, you know, if I'd had some of those boundaries, I wouldn't have made the mistakes that I've made and I'm not blame, you know, I, you know, sometimes it takes people longer to do the work. Sometimes people have boundaries in their twenties. They know what to do. They get it done. But I think, uh, especially as a female growing up Catholic and especially as a female growing up in the South, it was people pleasing and always, you know, that politeness of the South and, you know, being kind and, not trying to hurt other people's feelings. And it's like, you know, and that's another thing about turning 50. I'm like, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, but my family and I, you know, I'm Peter, you're Paul, and that's between y'all. Like I'm over here doing what's doing what serves me, what helps me and heals me creatively, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. If that doesn't jive with what you're doing, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna do what I'm doing. And the power, you know, just having that power and that authority in your own life to be like, yeah, I don't have to say yes to every holiday party. I can say, no, I'd actually rather sit in my pajamas and go to bed at nine o'clock than go to your beautiful party. <laughs> Ask me next year. I might change my mind, but I don't have to, you know, I felt like, especially being Catholic, there was a lot of guilt, like, mm -hmm. you know, God wants me to keep being nice to so-and-so because I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. And it's like, nowhere in the Bible does it say, please be in an abusive situation. Yeah. I don't have to be friends with narcissists. I don't have to be, I don't have to spend my time doing something I don't want to do. And that's, you know, that, that feeling that's really liberating, you know, that freedom of like, man, I'm 50 and I don't want to go to your party. Because mm -hmm. I think your party might suck. So I'm just yeah. going to tell you no. And I can do that. And I'm okay with that. So having that type of freedom and being that way. Um, I'm like, man, what if we taught that freedom to our kids in school? Like, mm -hmm. what if we taught boundaries? And what if we taught, I think we need to teach them about money is like the second thing we need to, everybody needs to about money. Um, but yeah, what if we just taught them to be strong in their identity and who they are, whether they live in Georgia, Chicago, um, wherever they live, right? I, I think that's something that we're missing out as a society. I, I remember I saw these two kids fighting one day and I pulled over and my daughter's like, oh my gosh, stay in the car. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> I was like, if that kid, if that kid falls against the uh, curb right there he's he could fall and hit his head and break his neck like as a mother I cannot sit here and watch that happen you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying yeah and I and I remember I was like man 
here's another kid videotaping it. Not helping the child who's getting beaten up. I see cars driving by here and no one stopped but me. And I was like, listen, not on my watch. Like, yeah. I, I think sometimes we were too big brother and too in other people's business. But I think now we've gone the opposite way where we turned a blind eye to people that are in pain mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We've lost the ability to have boundaries, right? Mm. To have fences, but to still be a good neighbor. Wow. Yes, yes. That 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 sums up that what you were saying perfectly. Wow. <laughs> Was that Robert Frost, that poem, you know, the the thing about good fences make, you know, good neighbors. I can't remember the poem now. Jeez Louise. Um, this is why you shouldn't drink in your 20s. Here's a service ad for everybody. Um, so you shouldn't overindulge in alcohol, $100 bar tabs a night. But um, yeah, it's that Robert Frost poem about how you have to have boundaries, but you can still be loving and kind, right? And still be in your own <clears throat> You know, you can still love your fellow employees, but say, you know what, Apple, you're no longer serving me and my family. Thank you for 15 years. Thank you for my 401k. I'll be leaving now. Yeah. With no love lost, like you said, we put the well, life, yeah. life was on it. The, there was a life placed upon it and it, the, it, the time was over. Yeah. But I, I love how you just illustrated that, that point. That was perfect because yes, we have gone. We've gone the way of the dodo as far as caring for one another. Yeah. You know, we, we, and, and there's a fine line between <clears throat> being self-serving right. and um, well, and again, that that's what you 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 began the podcast with that talk you know, talking about reaching out to the neighbor with the dog, you know, because something's amiss and and that is in your sphere. Um, it is within your power. Um, well, the first, the first thought is me, 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 right? Your dog's me. barking, your dog's bothering me. It's about me. And it's like, wait a minute, something's going on over there. Like, especially I've really developed, I don't know what happened. Like I I've always loved animals, but I'm like really more attuned to animals in the last probably two years. I don't know why. I feel like animals are just <laughs> sometimes more fun than people, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but at this point, but it's like, you know, I, maybe my life has slowed down a little bit. So I'm able to really be more patient and really um, like I started watching birds. I'm like, what mm -hmm. is that about? Like, anyway, um, but yeah, just being concerned for the dog. Like what kind of stress is this dog going through that this dog is now barking 24 hours a day? Like, and it's like, okay, maybe the neighbor's elderly and maybe the, the neighbor can't walk the dog anymore. So it's like, could you help not only the dog, right? Because we, we always want to do what's best for animals, but like, yeah, what's going on with that person who's hoarding dogs that has 87 dogs? You know, our first, our first go-to is judgment. Like, Mm -hmm. they're hoarding they're terrible you know that person's this that person's that and it's like mm -hmm. same with the drugs you know it's like oh well they're drug addicts and it's like yeah but don't you haven't you asked yourself why yeah it's an interesting one um, i've i've been asking myself about a couple of customers that i've had recently uh i came across and um 
uh, I came to there. Bowled over by the smell of animals. As soon as I come in the house, I'm like, okay, this is an animal house. Yeah. And I get, I get in and I see where the animals have taken over, Ooh, you know, okay. yeah. and I, and I, I, I just wonder at what point did, did they, um, did they give up or, or what point was, you know what I mean? Cause it's, it's a sad situation. Yeah. Yeah. You're collecting things or people because you feel like the more insulin, because there's, you feel vulnerable and you feel like there's nothing around you. So all that mountain of things around you or animals around you, you feel needed or you feel loved or you feel, you know, valued or you feel, you know, and all of that is just everything on the outside is really, you know, representation of what's going on on the inside. I remember being a teenager and one of my mom's friends being like, you know, Pasco, my brother, like wore all this like spike collars and like all this business and these leather jackets and, mm -hmm. you know, going, being a good Catholic family, you know, um, I remember someone asking my mom, like, why do you let your son be weird like this? Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, I would rather his weird be on the outside than on the inside where it could fester and cause him problems. Mm -hmm. And I think things like hoarding or drug addiction or all of those symptoms, right. That we see a society and go shame, shame, shame. It's like, well, again, like what's the root cause? Like what's, you know, that person's family's all gone. So now she collects dogs, you know, no one needs grandma anymore. The grandma down the street. So now she's got 27 puppies happening <laughs> in her house and smelling up her house and not really getting the love and veterinary care that they need and deserve but you know I think we're just so quick to snap at people um, because we do because society has really kind of promotes that whole worry about your stuff you know um, let them worry about theirs that's not my problem instead of understanding that yes it does affect you Yes, you're an HVAC and you're going in and seeing this. It does affect you. It affects the neighborhood. It affects everything is everything. And that sounds really simple. You know, it's that whole, you know, reggae system, the whole metaphysical is that, you know, everything in the universe is really all connected and it's really all one. I don't think that disenfranchises. I don't think that negates anything that Christianity is teaching, right? God is love. Love is God. If you want to call it the universe, if you want to call it Allah, if you want to call it Buddha, like whatever you're calling it, they all kind of have the same verbiage is that everything and everyone is connected. And it's like to say that lady down the street hoarding dogs or that person on the corner smoking crystal meth has nothing to do with me. It's like, it has everything to do with you. Cause you, you're all breathing the same air. So kind of it's that big circle, right? So, okay, how do I, well, I'm not a drug counselor and I can't help that lady smoking crystal meth. Why is that my problem? And it's like, you know, it is your problem because people are suffering. So how do you, and, and like you said, you can't help every person on the corner. You know, I can't help people in Chicago. I don't live there, but I can be loving to my neighbor. And maybe my neighbor is the grandmother or the brother or the sister or the uncle or the cousin or the sibling of that girl in Chicago who's shooting up on the side of the street, just longing for someone to haul her to jail. 
because she hasn't eaten in a few days. Yes. And she has no place to sleep. Mm -hmm. Jail, jail looks like a better option for her. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some people have big spheres, like you have a podcast, you know, some people are able to reach thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. I'm like a mom who teaches water. So it's like, okay, but that doesn't mean that your life is tiny. You might be, you know, a bagger at a grocery store. You might be the post office worker. You might be, um, a car mechanic. You might be, you know, a lawyer, a doctor, whatever it is. It's like, it's, I think sometimes we, we think our lives are tiny or then some people think their lives are really important. And it's like, no, we're, we're pretty much all on the bus together. (laughs) (laughs) We're all on the struggle bus pretty much most days. (laughs) So how can you help that person make sure they get to their stop? Okay. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one thing that's, that this, Endeavor has taught me is that we all, like you said, we're all, we're all just folks, you know? Yeah. What is it? Thoreau says, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And, you know, that was always kind of my thing. If I can just get out of Birmingham, if I can just have this job, if I could just have a kid, if I could just get married, if I could just do this, if I could just do that. And it's like, you know, what if none of that, you know, it just goes back to that same, what are you doing with this one incredible life? Like, mm-hmm. what if you don't have a podcast or what if you, you know, what if you become Christina Aguilera or Beyonce or, uh, you know, a government of a senator, like, you know, we all have to live with what we're contributing, what we're giving and what we're taking, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I, I don't think you have to really, I think you can be atheist, you can be agnostic, you can be Jewish, you can be Muslim, you can be any of those things. But I think hidden somewhere deep in our hearts is that theory that like, whatever you put out, whatever you sow, you reap. I mean, that's a principle in the physical world. Mm. You know, seeds fall to the ground, flowers grow up, like, I think you know, there's those common tropes that we all share, you know, and karma is one of them. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're going to yell over the fence, shut up, dog, instead of knocking on the neighbor's door, you're just perpetuating. That. <laughs> you just keep creating the same. Was it Einstein says you keep doing the same insanity. The definition of is keep to keep repeating the same actions and, you know, uh, expecting a different outcome. Different results. Yes. so i resonate with that like i can i can think of years of of repeated attempts you know yeah (laughs) just okay this time it's gonna be better this time it's gonna work (laughs) so we learn so we learn and it sharpens us in the process you know yeah I mean, it, it, when we do finally get to that point where we're like, all right, screw this, <laughs> enough of that, it's time to go on and mature into whatever it is that, that this is trying to teach me, you know, yes. but, um, but yeah, when you, you usually do walk away from those uh, pretty well-worn 
from the uh, from the war, from the war that you've been been fighting. Yes, you know, I had a brother who passed away, and people come up to me all the time, and they're like, you know, I, I've never lost anyone. I don't know what to say to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here's the deal, you know, um, like I just recently lost my first student, yeah. you know, and and it was like we went, her funeral was amazing. It was this huge celebration of life. It was so beautiful. But the point is people are like, well, I don't know what to say to her kids. And I said, here's the deal. There's nothing you can really say. If you've never lost anyone uh, or anything, really, there's something going through pain and suffering. You know, like you're saying, it really does sharpen you and, you know, experiences the best educator. And until you've lost something or someone valuable, you have you, you can't understand what it's like. Right. And so, and I was like, that person just needs you to sit with them. Like there are no words you can say, you're not going to make it better. You just say, I'm so sorry. Can I sit here with you? Can I be with you? Can I do anything? And, you know, a lot of people really rush in grief to help someone the first year. I don't send cards. I don't the first year because everybody's all around you. Mm-hmm. but after that year right so things go in seasons of our lives yeah people decide they're over it which is natural you know it wasn't their sibling or their spouse or their mother and or their father or whom you know whomever their significant other and so they move on yeah. so what i like to do is the second year and the third year and the fourth year i like to send cards then because then the world has forgotten them but they have not forgotten that person they've lost. Like that father's day comes and they're like, they're gutted. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody else is like, Oh, what'd you do father's day? And you're like, yeah, he died three years ago. You know? Yeah. But here, you know, mother Teresa had a quote and she said, you know, um, people would not do what they're, what they do. Basically if they knew better, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, you, I don't think people are malicious or cruel or even judgmental um, on purpose. Oh, that homeless person. Why doesn't he just get a job? I don't think they mean to be cruel or unkind. I think it's just, if you don't know, you don't know until you've been through it. Mm -hmm. You don't know what it's like. Yeah. And so I think that's something too. empathy is something that um, I don't know. I'm hopeful. I, I feel like this generation is a lot going on. It's a lot extra. Um, they're all about their feelings, <laughs> which is a lot. Um, my husband works in the medical profession and they had trained a bunch of uh, employees and a bunch of nurses and they were leaving. And he said, why are you leaving? And this person was like, well, I can't have a drink on the floor anymore. Like they won't let me have a, like my Coke or my water. So I'm going to quit. And my husband was like, what (laughs) what and this person was like yeah that hurts my feelings (laughs) like oh my gosh dude and and he came home really distorted me I was like millennials right Mm -hmm. so if they're if you're upset or offended you just leave because you can just jump from job job which there's a lot of freedom in that you know that you know our parents and our grandparents are like I hate my job I wake up miserable every day but I'm gonna go to the same job for 50 years and basically my life's gonna suck so I appreciate the fact that there is this newfound I'm not sure it's altogether altruistic always but 
there is this newfound, like, hey, I know my value, whether it's really coming from a place of wisdom, I'm not sure. But there is that, hey, I know my value and I'm not willing to put up with anything that devalues me. I, I totally respect that. And I, I think this new generation is empathetic. Mm-hmm. And I think we will start to see a shift in, um, I think feeling and caring are coming back because I feel like there's a lot of compassion and empathy. Um, I see them doing, sharing that with each other. I read comments. I'm not on Instagram, but I'm on Pinterest and a lot of it's Instagram or, you know, I watch these reels and people will tell like a really traumatic situation. And I just see so much empathy coming from their peers. And I'm like, that's, that's really awesome. It gives me a lot of faith that people are, that the tides are kind of turning and that there is a big, huge shift in, um, kindness and compassion. My, uh, my grandson, and his mm-hmm. generation. Yeah. Uh, he, he has an enormous heart, mm-hmm. but, but at the same time, um, he's got his own agenda. Yeah. And that's, that comes first, you know? Right. So, and he cares tremendously about you and, and, you know, what's going on with you and, and how you're feeling. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but this first, you know, let's, yeah. so, so yeah. How is being a grandfather different than being a parent? It's more carefree. Um, you know, I mean, I, like you, I wasn't a total helicopter, but I was very involved in, in their lives. And, um, and as such, um, you know, I, I felt every, everything, you know, I was there for play by play okay. and, and, you know, with the grand, grandkids, not as much, you know, it, it, it really is, it, it's, it's, it's like all the best, you know, all the best parts of, of being a parent and then without the discipline. You know, you don't, you, you hand that off to the parents. You don't interfere with the parents' decisions. You don't, you know, when they, when they're like, it's like, Papa! you know, <laughs> I can't, I can't, Aww. I can't interfere. I can't go against what your dad said. You know? mm. How has that changed your relationship with your son? Like this. Like this, yeah. Do, do you think now that he's had his own child? I think for me, I really, it gave me a new level of understanding. You know, my, my thing was my parents were always parenting me out of lack or you didn't give me this, or you didn't do this, or you weren't, you weren't this for me. And now as a parent, it's like, man, this is really hard. Mm -hmm. Like I had a lot more compassion for my parents. Like, oh, okay. You know, and then I value things that I felt like were such an infraction upon my soul. You know, like, I remember as a kid going camping, being like, why can't we stay in a condo like my other friends? My dad being like, this is like awesome. This is nature. And me being like, all my other friends are skiing or doing this or doing that. Being like, I'm just, you know, like, why are you 
making us be this like Cinderella poor kid like why are you doing this to us and you know part of it was at the time we're little my dad at the time didn't my parents didn't have the money and the other part of it was like but when I look back I'm like now I love the outdoors right and it's like oh my gosh like that was such a gift but for me as a kid I was like this is embarrassing like everybody else is going to Disney World and I'm going to like see some civil war memorial camping mm-hmm. out in South Carolina. Like this is ridiculous. You know, now I'm like, Oh, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. So it gave me a lot of compassion. Has your son expressed that to you? Uh, not in words, okay. but, but he has, um, he has shown a lot in, in, in what he's allowed me to be a part of Benji's life. You know, yeah. Because we were gatekeepers with our parents, um, our, our, you know, our our upbringing was tumultuous to say the least. The way we, uh, the way we felt at the time when we were raising our our kids, um, we didn't so much trust our parents with our kids. Yeah, and, you know, because because we were like, no, 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 we're not raising our kids anything like we were raised. Right we're not we're not gonna be all heavy-handed we're Mm -hmm. not gonna beat their ass just because they're you know something stupid like grades or or uh curfew or or whatever we're gonna be pliable and we were we were we were understanding we were empathetic with them i think we did a good job Uh, i I look at them now and they're mature Mm -hmm. they're responsible they work hard you know, they, they, they get up every day and they go to work. They, they get it there. We did something right. If you could see the world or if you could make four changes, what would you, what would the world look, what's your ideal world look like for your grandchild? One more time that cut out. So if you could implement three changes to the world or you could so start with that. Like what three changes to the world would you have to make a perfect world for your grandchild? Mm. What would you like to see happen in the world that you think would? Wow. Wow. Three things, huh? Three. Three, three wishes. Let's see for, for Benji's sake. Uh, I, well, I, I want to see us. Um, I want to see us. I want to see our hearts and minds reconnect as a society. You know, I, I want to see that that uh, bridge to be built as a society. I want us to see us uh, get there to where our we're listening to both wisdom of our heart and and mm-hmm. of our mind, our logic, and our our heart lights at the same time, and, and allowing that to guide our our decisions. Um, because I think that. capacities where um well they've got something different mm. like something else is activated that wasn't so much in our in our uh, generation yeah you know and, and there's there's more going on up here and yeah. so that's one two i want to see a um and i see this coming but i i think there's going to be like a recoil to where we are in this metaverse thing um 
this post pandemic where it's kind of forces, you know what I mean? Into, yeah. I want to see the pendulum swing the other way. And I want to see us start hugging each other's necks again. And, um, you know, you know, that just, just really being involved with each other physically being physically present again, as, as much as possible, you know, I don't, I don't want our, um, and three, I don't want us to stop communicating uh, at all. Above all, I, I want to make sure. Kind of all those things you talked about, I felt like we were doing such a good job. Like as soon as we all came out of COVID, mm -hmm. everyone was so excited. I felt like, you know, we really had those rose tinted glasses. Everybody was carpe diem. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm, I'm just so happy to be in the space. I'm so glad to see. I felt like we, I thought we had really learned all these lessons. I was mm -hmm. so proud of us just as a world, not just yeah. America. You know, I have family overseas and it was like, man, everybody really, I'm like, man, this is, this is a pivotal time for society. Like we've all like figured it out. Like this has taught us such a lesson. And then I think what happened was, and I'm not a conspiracy person. I don't, but it was like, we were doing so well. We had learned the lessons and it was like, then we got into this oppressive cloud of inflation and toil. And it was like, man, I saw all the things that I thought we had learned wither. Mm. And I was like, I know that people still carry that light somewhere, mm. but it was like, it had grown dim. I mean, if you want to see a microcosm of society, go to a Costco. Mm. go to a sam's club okay you know after after the pandemic people are like no you go in the aisle first no you go in the aisle first no jenny you go in the aisle first no jamal it's your turn you go ahead and take that last rotisserie chicken no i mm. want your family to have it and now we're like get out of the way mm -hmm. everything's expensive and i'm like you know i was one of those people that covid didn't really affect mm. as much like even though I'm a very extroverted person, I like spending time in my little bubble, mm. you know, but I had friends that were single that worked at home, lived at home that really like, they really struggled. Mm. I saw kids, you know, I, I was still teaching in the schools up until COVID hit and I really saw it take an effect on children. I remember I'd gone back and I was teaching a preschool class and this one little girl I, she couldn't, she was getting along great with the adults, but she couldn't connect with other children. And so I came home to my husband and I was like, man, this kid is so smart. Like, I don't know what's going on. And he was like, Amy, this kid is like three. She's never been around other children. Mm -hmm. She was born during COVID. And my brain was like, oh, you know, I have a cousin who's living in England right now. And she was like, her, you know, her daughter's from Eastern Europe and they're not super warm and fuzzy but this particular family kind of is and she's like I would see my daughter go to hug other two-year-olds and I would see the mothers just recoil in anger and grab their children and I was like okay what are we doing but I feel like we've learned the lessons but I feel like um I think you're right I think we're just kind of in a holding pattern mm -hmm. I think we're gonna re-see all of those things um all the lessons that we learned, maybe we're just still digesting. Maybe we're in like a me metabolic state where we're just really digesting all of those things. Um, 
you know, $100 for a bag of groceries <laughs> makes it hard <laughs> to love your neighbor <laughs> because you're struggling for yourself. But I, I like what I think the things that you touched on for your grandchild, I feel like, you know, if those three things happen, things like hunger, things like racism, things like, like all of those things, if we were really connected, our hearts and our minds together, those problems wouldn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. Because we'd actually be, we'd be walking in light Mm -hmm. and we would be kind to each other and there would be sharing and there would be love and there would be, um, yeah, I don't think, I think there would be empathy and compassion. What do you want your legacy for your grandson to be? My legacy for him to be yeah. like for him. I want his legacy. I, I, I want it to be one of compassion, like empathy and, um, acceptance and i think that is going to be the case i think it's going to be one of just just this is the world this is what's normal now yeah it wasn't what was normal earlier today but that's how it is now we're going to keep going and i i I believe that is how it's going to be for him you know it's just going to be one of adaptability um you know one of discontinuous forthright you know not getting caught up in the in all the distractions that are, yeah. that are going on along the way because the the pay yeah froze oh no Oh no, it froze, and this is the important things I wanted to hear you say. Oh no. Uh oh. It's frozen. I can't hear anything. Will it come back?
How do I get out of here? 